and he said thank you very much. And Arsenal are in total control. Hey, welcome to Cannon Fodder and all things Arsenal podcast. I'm Tim. I'm Fred. Welcome back, bitches. Guess who's back, 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 back again, again, again. <laughs> it's been a while, but we're back with brand new edition um, of Cannon Fodder, and we're looking forward to getting into it. Um, we got a lot of stuff to cover. We're going to cover it all very quickly, very efficiently, and in a timely in and out, baby. manner. In and um, out. Mainly what we're going to be talking about today, especially in the first half, is our 2-1 win over can you guess <laughs> that's your way on me to say it yeah it was <laughs> brentford and it was Dude, a satisfying win it was a 2-1 thrashing if that makes sense <laughs> yeah well it was it was a, it was a satisfying win but also a, for me it was a frustrating one in the sense that um, how, how do I put this in words without making it sound like I'm being nitpicky? You really saw the limitations of some of the players in our team, but it was still satisfying to one beat Brentford after you know they kind of given it to us the first game of the season. We just weren't prepared, but also in the manner in which we won that game, we just absolutely dominated them. It should have yeah. been it should have been four nil. Absolutely yeah. should have been four nil. But yeah. hey. A win's a win at this point of the season. We just got to keep picking up our points. And I think, I mean, yeah, I liked what you said. Like, you saw limitations of a few players out there. I think namely Granite Shaka, Alex Lacazette. But the whole Arsenal community knows what... We, we're all pretty much unified in our opinions on those two players. They can be upgraded on. We all know that. But I think what we've been seeing the past few weeks, maybe maybe even months, um, even though we didn't play too much in January, just those two games is uh, a pretty um, interesting style, you know, um, a pretty fluid style that Arteta seems to be just, you know, moving players around when we have suspensions or whatnot because, you know, we're pretty much guaranteed one of those every other week. Um, injuries, anything like that, uh, we still seem to be playing in the same way. And I think it's a little bit different than the way we were playing. Um, I want to get your opinion on it. It seems like, you know, you got Thomas Party at the base of midfield, a plane is like a true number six and you have two eights in front of him. You know, that's not how we line up on paper, but when we have the ball, it's more or less how we seem to to line up. You know, you got Odegaard on the right eight, Shaka the left eight, kind of combining with their winger, you know, Odegaard with Saka, Shaka with Martinelli, or in this case, Smith Rowe. And it's like a really interesting style, really interesting pattern. And you got parties sitting back, you know, um, mopping up for the defense, but also um, helping our build up play a ton. So I don't know. I've noticed that the past couple of weeks. What do you think about it? Uh, that new kind of, not necessarily new, but it's definitely been how we've been playing lately consistently. And I think it's real interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I also think it's a kind of, I think it's like closer to what Arteta wants, but it's not exactly yeah. what he wants, if that makes sense. You know, because I feel like if he had his way, he would probably have a more mobile, slightly more technical midfielder in Xhaka's place. I agree. He yeah. was a little bit more forward thinking, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's been so weird to see him getting forward. And you like you find him in the box. You know, you had that yeah. in this game, that that uh, early goal chalked off, you know, that Lacazette tapped home. And it's Granite Xhaka close to the byline squaring the ball to him. And it's like, wait, what? What are you doing there? He's, you know, in the past, he's been in that double pivot next to party or he's been at the base of midfield on his own. It's so weird to see him up the pitch. 
Yeah, it is weird. And and I think that it's you know, like we we've seen Jaka kind of get into some of those spaces before. We've seen him kind of push up and honestly, you know, sometimes especially from like slightly deeper positions but further upfield, you know, we've seen him put really good passes in and put balls in and he can yeah. do that, but it's not really his game so to speak he's a number six he's a screener in front of the back he's he's ideally doing what thomas party is doing for us you know and i think that's why we all want shaka to be upgraded on you know yeah for sure and that's what it's interesting it's like i look at lakonga and i i think mm. i understand why he's not really in the team at the moment um I, I don't think he's really done anything wrong i don't think he's like played badly per se but i just feel like he kind of had a lot put on him this season yeah, I think he's still really adjusting and I think he's growing. But it's like I look at Partey and I look at Lakanga and I'm like, man, I really like Lakanga. Obviously, I, yeah. I think we'll go out and buy somebody else. But, you know, limitations aside, you know, I, I really want to talk about what was awesome about this game. And for me, you know, Smithrow was good. Sokka was dangerous the whole game. Yeah. But the player to me that really stood out as basically just being like, I'm about to freaking Willie Copter all over Brenton. Brentford was absolutely <laughs> Odegaard. He oh my was gosh, just, dude. He was so good. And, you know, obviously there's a little bit of situations, you know, where um, I think he should have shot. And, yeah. you know, I think he should have maybe taken a couple more, you know, kind of trusting himself in, in, in a couple of situations. But, and, you know, maybe I think even for that uh, chance that, you know, he kind of, put around the keeper but it didn't get there and the yeah. defender got to him pepe like you know couldn't really get to it it's like even that situation if he would have just trusted himself a little bit more and hit it harder it would have been a goal you know and so right. i think there's definitely those little things that he needs to get better at but you look at the way he was facilitating everything in midfield how creative he was that his passing was so crisp i mean like just that little fake kick he did Oh, that dummy it was just on the right, right side yeah, line or was, whatever. <laughs> I've watched it a hundred times. It was so beautiful. But, yeah. but what to me, what's more beautiful about it is the movement after he does it. He does yeah. that. It goes to Sokka. He immediately comes inside. Plays a little triangle with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets the ball back from Sokka. Sokka makes a run off the ball. He gives it back to him, opens up all that space. It wasn't just, you know, it was like so purposeful. It was perfect. It, it's the exact type of midfield we need yeah. he's the type of midfielder that you know in other parts of the season he hasn't really been up to that level yet and he took some time I, to get back up to speed i think it's fair to say yeah 100 you know? but but seeing him play like that and, and the i mean he was untouchable he was so good yeah and you just think like okay yeah wow he's still only 22 23 years old just he's, turned 23 yeah, yeah yeah he's got it you know it's he's he's getting to that point in his career where he's it, it, I think it's going to start clicking soon, and I'm glad we have him for that time period. Because if he's if he's putting in more performances like that, and we get the, another person in midfield next to him who's doing the business, and we get someone up top who can score, yeah, I was just thinking um, that last point you made. The you know, just imagine if he's got he's got you know Saka running off of him, and and in this game, Cedric normally Tommy Asu, who I mean, we have to just as a side note. Fair play to Cedric. He he has done well the last two games. Honestly, better than any of us really thought he could. Granted, yeah. he's crossing the ball, crossing it well. I'm not sure how great of a tactic that is for us. We don't really have a center forward. Um, well, yeah, 
in there that can really get onto stuff. Then not necessarily his fault, but then I agree with what you're saying about Odegaard and imagine that center forward, that elite center forward, you know, not only to hold up play and so Odegaard can play off of him, make runs off of him, but also someone to run in behind. You know, I think that's kind of what we're looking for, that all action center forward, whereas Lacazette will drop in, he'll connect play, he'll link play, but, you know... It, that's about it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, at, but at least he, at the moment. Then he, so. when he's in the box, running from one of those deeper positions, he's offside by a foot, and yeah. and there's no possible reason why he should be offside for a goal like that. It should be it should well that one happen. that one that you talk about that early chance that Shaka squared to him. Yeah, the one that got called yeah. offside. I think actually, so I I, I looked at it. I think it was uh, on the Ars cast. Um, I think James brought it up. That Jacques, it was actually Shaka was offside Shaka and not Lacazette. Because it, they would have at least, I think with the Lacazette, like he looked at least, or no, he looked behind the ball. He was past the last defender by like a little tick or whatever, by like a, a toenail's length, but he was behind the ball. So everyone's like, wait, what was it? I haven't gone back and watched it again, but that would make it make yeah, more I, sense Yeah, I heard to me. them mention that, but when I, but the thing is, I don't even know if they did VAR on it. They didn't even check they, it. But they they did. I, I remember them doing that, but I think they did it for like 15 seconds maybe. It was like a weird – that's kind of a running theme in this game that I, I don't want to touch on too much just because it's you know beating a dead horse at this point. Um, I think it's obvious that Arsenal are refereed differently. I'm not going to get into whether it's a conspiracy or not. I just think we're refereed differently at times. Um, there are a handful of VAR checks that weren't really looked at for a second, especially that handball from the Cedric shot. You know? Yeah, th- that one didn't make any sense to me. That was a that was a handball. Hundred percent. He's making his body, making his body profile bigger by his arms sticking out away from his body, the, and the ball's going straight at the goal. It's unlucky for the defender. He didn't mean to, but it's a handball. I don't know. We can't buy a penalty at this point, so we got to do things the hard and way. It, yeah, and, and the ball went off the ground into him. So it's kind of one mm. of those situations where it's just like, I don't know. It, it, it's it's a weird one, yeah. I, it's I a think, definite penalty, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's a penalty. But yeah, that, that really center forward there. position, though, is like, you know, all Arsenal fans have heard this talk to death, I'm sure. It, it's going to be such a massive upgrade for this team, for players like Odegaard. Saka and uh, Smithrow or Martinelli playing off the left, you know. Um, I think it's just going to be, it's going to transform the team. It's the last like link that we're missing. I, I appreciate a lot of what Lacazette's doing. He obviously brings a lot of experience to the side, not just in age, but you know, in minutes and stuff like that, he's had a long career, but it, it's just easy to see how a more all action striker, someone who, I mean, they've talked about Dominic Calvert-Lewin from Everton. Think about those Cedric crosses or Tamiyasu crosses or whoever Tierney crosses coming in and someone like that attacking him in the air. It's like, wow, you can get a goal from half chances pretty frequently with a player like that. So it's really easy to see, you know, um, how that's going to be upgraded. But before we move on, because I think we should talk about the goals next. Um, I did have a little a thought or like a theory about this. Um, this will kind of segue us into the goals perfectly, actually. Smith Rowe scores the first goal early in the second half. Um, well taken, all that kind of stuff. He was playing wide left, though, only because Martinelli, who had made that position his own, it seemed like, was suspended for this game. We all know this. Um, how do you feel about, we're talking about, you know, center forward needs an upgrade. That left eight, that Shaka, the role he played. What do you think about Smith Rowe coming inside and playing that position? Um, and Martinelli staying out wide and those two kind of linking up that way. It's just a thought I had. I was curious to see what you, you thought. I mean, honestly, I've just, I've always kind of seen that as Smith Rowe's position anyway. Attacking eight. Yeah, kind of wide, yeah, kind of not. Because, yeah. He just has such a good engine on him. He runs mm. with the ball so well. His first touch is perfect. 
um, you know, tight spaces. He's completely fine. You know, look how many times he's out wide in the front three, you know, on the left side, gets the ball on the touchline, defender right on him, no problem, can move it past him. It, he can go inside, he can go outside. Body feints, yeah. You know what great. I mean? And it, when you're playing in the middle of the park like that, that's what you need, you know? You got to mm-hmm. be able to go both ways. You got to be able to go forward, backwards. You you got to be able to keep the ball with you, move it around, and get able to run with it. And he has so much intent in the way he plays. I've always seen him as kind of playing on the left side of, of a of midfield like that. But I, I just think it's just credit to him. You know, even Arteta was coming out. He's like, hey, look, he can play on the right, left. He can play in the midfield. He can play as a number nine if we need him False nut, yeah. That's, you know, that's he, the other thing I was thinking about stuff. too. You know, uh, if he could, you know, if Lacazette continues not scoring or gets an injury, something like that, I'd also be really curious to see him play there, especially the way that, you know, Arteta's been asking Lacazette to play. You know, that dropping deep facilitator type. I think I would rather have Martinelli come and play in the center Really? And see, play, I, I see. Yeah. I I like Martinelli from the wing. I think it's 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 the whole Liverpool model. It's the way their forwards play. You know, they're they're Mane and Salah. They're cutting in between the fullback and the center back, like attacking that lane. You get to do a bit of everything. And I think Martinelli thrives when he gets to do a bit of everything. He gets to press. He has to go back and defend a little bit. He gets to you know nip in, take the ball away, get us going in transition. But yeah, hitting that channel hard, driving to the byline, getting across, and it's a little bit more all action than. The center yeah, forward position, just, which is, yeah. I mean, a little bit more central, at least the way we're playing it right now. Well, so. but I think if you look at the way our front three played against Brentford, they were all over the place. Look at Saka when he scores. You know, when he scores, he had just switched sides. Yeah, I you think know, they he did that just for a switched second, sides. Yeah. But you know, but it's like, you, I just feel like they can all do that. They can move around so much. They were so dynamic, and I yeah. just feel like if you put Martinelli in there, and you have Smith Rowe coming off the left side, or if you have him come in kind of from that inside left if he's playing as the attacking eight on the left side. Yeah. You know, he's driving forward. He's putting those balls in. Martinelli can run onto it. He can come out wide to create space. You know, he's so much more dynamic than any other option we have there. It's like I would feel comfortable having him there. Um Yeah, I like it. It's all theories know. though. You know, we're all just yeah, like I don't to, think I don't think know. Arteta's gonna do that unless um Injuries or something like that. Yeah. You know, unless Lacazette gets injured, then he's just going to play Eddie. And <laughs> God, I hope not. You know? Yeah, I think it's ultimately it's going to be something we solve in the transfer market. You know what I mean? Um, I think Smith Rowe, you know, he's club's top goal scorer. He's got 10 goals this season, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, for a wide slash midfield player. Um, really good goal return. Um, and yeah, a great goal it was, you know, to open the scoring on this game. It had been, I'm not going to say, I, I never felt nervous in this game, you know, like we've hinted at. We had... All of the ball, all of the chances. They'd have the odd little counterattack, but they didn't look exactly threatening, you know, from those counterattacks. We'd, we'd get back in numbers well enough and we'd defend well enough and and all that. But it was still kind of frustrating after the chance, the Lacazette chance that we've talked about got chalked up for offsides. A little frustrating, but I was like, there's no way we don't score in this game. Like, it's going to happen. Like, we, we look too good. Granted, you know, Smith Rowe pops up and scores in about the 50th minute if, you know, five minutes into the first half. If that time would have kept going, if it would have been another 20 minutes before we scored, maybe I would have started getting frustrated. But it felt inevitable, and it was just a it was a really well-taken goal. Um, it, was re- it was really weird how soft he hit it. Yeah, you it know? was. It just had, like, a nice little bit of spin on it. But I, I don't know. You tell me, because you're, you're the player in this scenario. I'm more of the soccer viewer. Um it seemed to me like as he cut inside between those two defenders and took the shot on, he almost timed his shot to where 
the center back was blocking his goalkeeper. He almost used well, yeah, him as yeah, a bit yeah. of a shield. The, the goalkeeper the, definitely yeah. like didn't have line of sight. He you know, dove late. He's cutting yeah. across the defender. But I think it's just the speed of the shot. He shoots before you think he's going to shoot. And he does because he doesn't take that extra time to just wind up and really like smash Smack it. it. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it's really awkward. It's by the time the goalkeeper sees it, it's like he, you know, he at, he reacts. He almost gets a hand to it. You know, he does. I think he tips it. it. He tips. Yeah. It barely, you know, he yeah. like but it's, just, it's it was really awkward. But it's one of those things where it's like it just was so smooth. He just. Lacazette pops a ball out to him. He runs for it. Oh, we're just going to nip in here. Ooh, yeah, his time. Yeah. The it timing's in, perfect. Yeah. You know, he's not yeah. an elite, like, he's a good dribbler. He he reminds me, and, you know, I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone with this in terms of, like, when I started watching Arsenal. He does remind me a lot of Robert Perez, though, in certain ways. And Freddie Youngberg, players who weren't necessarily graced with, like, elite, elite pace. You know what I mean? Um, But were just so intelligent and smart with the way that they use the ball and their body feints and just their timing. You know, um, they were just yeah. able to fool defenders. He's, Smith Rowe later in the game, maybe it was earlier in the game, before the goal, had just the most beautiful, it was on a long goal kick from Ramsdale, the most beautiful just like little body feint. He didn't outpace the guy. He didn't outmuscle the guy, but he just faked one way, didn't touch the ball, went back the other one and, you know, sent the defender to the chip shop. Um, and it was, I'm, I'm channeling my inner Clive there. Uh, <laughs> um, but it just or what was that fucking England video where it's like Phil I forget who it is like Foden and Grealish or something he's like sitting for a hot dog yeah <laughs> see you later mate um but no just the things that he did the little things like that just little body feints little cuts this way cuts that way dribbling the ball and like you said everything he does is forward all the time you know what I mean he's just progressive um he doesn't dawdle on the ball even if he's not going forward he's he's passing it right back just recycling possession if he needs to he's great um you know emirates was in full voice singing the sock and smith row song um and it definitely wasn't the last time they were going to get to sing it because uh how much later was that soccer goal in the second half i don't remember i mean i think it was like the 67th minute or something yeah like that. 10 it was 15 like- minutes later yeah yeah, you know, it was just a little bit later. And that was a beautiful goal. And I it's love inter- that goal. Yeah, and it's interesting, too. Partey is the one who passes it to him, you know, and he's yeah. running upfield with the ball from a deep position, yep. passes it out to him. And that that shot is so crazy because the it's like... The finish is so tasty, dude. Because the yeah, keeper's there, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so, it's so good. And the thing, too, that's crazy about it to me is it's like... When you watch the replays, like in slow motion, he hits it, and the defender is right there in front yep. of him. That too, and it, yeah. And it's just the way it kind of like it doesn't go between the legs, and it's like, oh, he barely. It's like it goes like around his body and smashes in that post. It was an insane goal. It just like it arcs so up and over perfectly over the defender's leg, and then has enough spin to perfectly go out of the keeper's grasp but not too much to where it takes it wide and just off the inside of the post. It was um, beautiful. It was just it was a tasty finish. Like you said, Party did good work there. And it was interesting, Sokka actually was the one who won the ball back and played the ball into Thomas Party, who then, you know, drove upfield and, and got the ball back to him. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's our two our two star boys, Sokka especially, but Smith Rowe, like we've said, 10 goals this season. Club's leading goal scorer. Um, two assists, I think, as well. So 12 goal involvements. I think Saka's on like seven goals and four assists. So, you know, one thing we talked about at the beginning of this season was we really need those two boys to produce. You know what I mean? We need yeah. them just because we're in a rebuild. 
we've gotten rid of, especially we didn't see the Aubameyang situation unfolding like it did. Um, we, we assumed he'd get us a lot of goals, but especially the way that all went down, we've been even more reliant on these guys and they keep delivering. And so, you know, these rumors coming out about Saka apparently getting a big pay bump. Um, if he wants to sign a new contract, the club's trying to get him to um, in the summer. I, I mean, I think it's just more than deserved. Smith Rowe obviously got his five-year contract in the summer, got that new number 10 shirt. So he should be he should be fine for a while. So I don't know, man. It's it's awesome. It's exciting. Um, you just see the project keep moving forward. Um, and another three points on the board. Um, that much closer to top four. I think we're two points off of top four, but we do have two or three games in hand on United. But we'll talk a little bit more about that in the second half. But yeah, it was just good to see us win. I was bummed for Ramsdale, bummed for the defense not to get the clean sheet. They're kind of fluky, you know, ball pinballing, ricocheting around in the box, scrappy yeah, it goal. Annoying. It was just, it, it was, it was whatever. It was just, it was from nothing. They didn't create much the whole game. It was, it was just kind of, yeah, whatever happens. I'm bummed for Ramsdale because that would have been, dude didn't play the first three games of the season. That would have been his 12th clean sheet um, in the Premier League. So I'm just like, dude, yeah, he's he's had a wonderful season. But So bummed for him for that. But um, yeah, dude, I think we can just about leave the game there um, unless you got anything else to say about it. Nope. Cool. All right, let's go to the second half. Let's talk top four chase, um, our hopes for the rest of the season. Alrighty, um, Tim, the top four race, the Premier League table. Um, I think first off, we can uh, we can start this section by saying, uh, "Fuck Man City uh, for taking <laughs> zero points off of Tottenham uh, this entire season." That was definitely unexpected. Not the end of the world, um, but top four is is definitely. That's the aim this season. That's the goal we're, we're we're striving for. I think it would it wouldn't be a step too early necessarily, but I think it would be a little bit more than expected. You know, having finished eighth last season, um, and then you know ripping up the squad like we have, um, it'd be just a massive achievement. How are you feeling about it? You know, we've got games in hand. I've got the table pulled up here. I'll reference it real quick and turn it over to you. We got games in hand on United and West Ham. They both played twenty six. We've played twenty three. Tied on points with West Ham. We are four points now behind United, but like I said, three games in hand. Tottenham and us have played the same amount of games, and we're three points ahead. So, dude, it's we still have to play Tottenham later this, in the season. We still have to play United. Um, the race is just heating up. How are you feeling about it? I mean, it's a weird one because I just feel like nobody is really just coming out and stamping it. You know, no, there's too yeah. many, there's too many question marks over a lot of those teams. Too many hiccups, um, you know, for every us included, you know, early in the season, those yeah, opening three sure. games, and then just other de- random points in the season, like yeah, it's like you know. man, there's so yeah, there's it's like we win that Brentford game, we win that Burnley game, you know, it's like there's other little games, it's like man, we should be we'd be close like, to third, <laughs> we would be in third, like yeah. firmly in third, you know, and, yeah. and 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 so it's a little bit frustrating when you think about it like that, but in terms of us getting the top four. If we're playing like we did against Wolves, we're playing like we did against Brentford, and this team is, you know, steaming forward like that. I have a lot of confidence in this team. Yeah, you got you got to because I look at I look at United, 
And I'm like, man, they just got so many question marks. They have so many problems. Ralph Ragnick is not a good coach. Yeah. You know? He's like a professor. That's what he reminds me of. I don't know much about him. I know he's got this like very like big reputation in the game and he's this master tactician and stuff like that, but more well, from yeah. like the f- director of football kind of standpoint. Yeah, I mean, you know? in terms of like his career as a manager, there's nothing there. Um, mm. You know, he's never, he's not really won anything. He's not really done anything. You know, it's been a very long time since he's managed a team. Um, and so it's just kind of one of those situations where you're like, okay, like he's not a great manager or, or a great coach. You know, he's really for them, you know, I think he's going to really show his worth kind of upstairs. And that's great, yeah. but it's like not necessarily helping them right now. I you know, agree. They've, they've had a yeah. lot of issues. And they've got Mustafi, sorry, I mean Maguire in defense. Um, yeah. and, you know, they've right. been messing stuff up recently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they've got an amazing attack in, in the sense that they've got a lot of like star quality players up there that yeah, can randomly insane, bail them out. You know what yeah, I mean? So dude. I feel like they're still going to pick up points at a reasonable rate. It's just a matter of like, you know, how, how many points can, are they going to win out? Like, I don't think so. I think they're going to be more hiccups for them. I, I don't feel confident. I think, you know, they, they've got some big games uh, to us, you know, namely, but they've got big games. I think they could on their day, they can lose to anybody. Um, that's the kind of feeling they give me granted. They can pull out, you know, two, no wins against Brighton that the scoreline definitely flattered him, but still, you know, Ronaldo will go score. Fernandez will go score. Jaden Sancho has been looking a lot better, which I am kind of happy for him. Um, on more of a personal note. Um, but yeah, they're an odd one. How do you feel about Spurs? They've been that, like I said, win against City. That was a weird one. Um, they're a bit all over the place. You know, win against City, that's great. They're kind of City's like voodoo, hoodoo team, whatever you want to call it. Um, like I said, beat them twice this season. Um, but it's still three points from their last 12, you know, Spurs. Um, you yeah. know, prior to that game, it was three losses in a row. Um, is this going to be false confidence? Is this a false dawn for Conte at Spurs? You know what I mean? Like, it's just... It's tough to tell, really. Well, that Spurs team is not good. It's not a very good no. team. No. And so, and, and the thing is, if Sun's not playing well and Kane aren't playing, if if they're just playing at like a completely average level, they don't win games. You know, Kane and Those Sun, two in particular, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Kane and Sun have to be like exceptional for them to win right now. They just right. don't have a good team. So I, I don't really I'm not really worried about Spurs. I think right. that game that we play against them is going to be really heated. Ooh, that's going to be it's going to be one. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I think if we do what we need to do by the time we get to that game, you know, like it might not it might not matter for us as much. Yeah, it can be one of those games that it's like you don't have to win it, but just don't lose it. As opposed to you have to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, th- be, I feel like yeah. I feel like we have a better shot of being in that position than they do. But you know, but also look at West Ham. Um, and, you know, they've had a lot of injuries. They're really Europa running, League's coming back this yeah, week. They're as running well. out of steam. So it's like I don't I'm not really worried about them. I think they've definitely kind of dropped off. And so I mean I think I Wolves mean, technically are in the mix, even though I don't know. They don't score enough goals, I don't think, to be properly. Yeah, I'm in, not in worried about Wolves. You yeah. know, they, they don't really like give up a lot of goals either, but I mean, they have some great players, but at the same time, yeah. I'm just not worried about. I'm not worried about them getting in the top four over us because I feel like, I don't know. I just have a lot of confidence in our team right now. I mean, obviously, yeah. there will probably be one or two results that we're not going to like before the end of the season, but we're not going to win every game. Yeah, you know, but I definitely feel like we have what it takes to get in the top four easy. Yeah, I think another note before we leave Spurs and finish up. You know, just talking about 
how we, I want to mention how I feel about our chances, and then we can talk about this Wolves game coming up. I think another interesting thing about that Tottenham game and Tottenham in general, that City play right into Tottenham's hands. You know, Tottenham want to soak up pressure and hit you on the counter with Kane and Son. What's going to happen when Tottenham go to, I don't know, Watford or something like that? You know what I mean? And have to actually break a team down. They've shown that they're not really good at that. Um, so I think the jury's still out on them. Granted, they've got those two new Italian boys, Benton Kerr, Kulichevsky, however you say it, um, from Juve. Um, they look quality players, but you just you don't know. Um, we won't know until we... we get more of a peek but i'm kind of with you man i think of all the teams and i'm not just trying to be biased here we've got a great defense we've got a great defensive record you take out those opening three games of the season we've been accumulating points at a top four pace you know we've been our defensive record's been even better than that you know we've struggled for goals here and there but those seem to be coming a bit better especially if the likes of lacazette can chip in a bit better and like you mentioned earlier you know odegaard maybe taking a shot or two more here and there when he's got the opening um, <clears throat> I, I do yeah, feel good. Yeah, because yeah. it's like I, I look at Odegaard and I'm just like, man, he is for me the type of player in midfield that should be getting anywhere from like, yeah, I, this is where I think he should be moving towards. Like, I I feel like even this season, I think he should have had at least six or seven goals. I think he's on four. Yeah, he's you know what four. I mean. So he could yeah. still get there, but I think he should be like, and I think this would already be the case if we had a better striker. But it's like he should be on like in between ten and fifteen assists. Yeah, you, you know, know what I mean? Because he, he gets be, himself you know. into positions, he creates a lot of chances for us. He puts the, the you know he puts the ball in a lot of dangerous places. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of one of those things for him where I just feel like if he's kicking on like he was against Brentford. And he's upping his game, and he's playing to that level. I really feel confident in us, you know, getting in top four because it's like I, I, it's like for me, it's almost like when United bought uh, Bruno Fernandez. He came in, yeah, and he was just the level that he was playing at in their midfield just absolutely elevated what they were capable of doing in an attacking sense. You know, yeah, he yeah, worked yeah. hard. He's super technical, and he's just will take his chances. He's brilliant, you know? And I feel like Odegaard can get to that point. I think he's a little more cautious. He likes to, you know, he likes to be a little more, more sure of where he's putting the ball in dangerous places. But it's like, yeah. you know, even think, look, he had that one shot from outside the box. It was an absolute rocket. You know, it was a corner kick. He's got the technique for it, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, I feel like we need a little bit more threat from him. And yeah. I think at the Brimford game, he's showing that he has a lot of intent to get in the positions and to be threatening. I just think he needs to do a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. I didn't get as much of a chance earlier to say this, but I absolutely love the player. I was so happy when we yeah. signed him. You know, like we said earlier, he, he took a few weeks, maybe a month or so, to really kind of start getting up to speed. It wasn't until that Burnley game, that free kick he scored, you know, that he, he mm-hmm. kind of seemed to start coming to life a little bit. It took him three, four games. <clears throat> but... Uh, there's a player in there and we can see it, you know, um, they mentioned on other, you know, Arsenal vision podcasts, Clive went to a recent game. You watch him in the warmups. He's, he's the best player technically on our team, you know, oh, um, sure. just the close control, the passing, the, the touching, the 
touching the touches, <laughs> the dribbling, everything. Maybe, you know, a little touching here and there. Never hurt touching. nobody. He's yeah, he, touching. He got the good little touch. Meet the old God. I don't know. He's not Italian. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's a fantastic place. Lovely to watch. He's like we've said, a touch of the Ozil's about him. He used to shoot a bit more. But I think he's there, man. I, th- I think he's just about, I should say, just about there. I think he's our most influential player on the pitch. Ball goes to his feet. It doesn't leave and go to an opposition player. Like he, he keeps the ball so well, passes it so well. I, I absolutely love him. I'm glad we got him. That whole, it's easy to forget that whole James Madison versus Odegaard debate. And everyone's like, I saw all this shit on Twitter, like prominent Arsenal Twitter accounts, you know, tons of followers, all this stuff. Who like, you know, people usually respect their opinions going like, oh, we're not a serious club if we sign Odegaard over Madison. And I'm like, dude, really? Like, you're forgetting the the kind of pedigree that this kid has. Yeah, he went to Madrid at 16 and he got lost in the stars. He got lost in the sauce. That's easy. That's happened to a lot of players at that club. He was you know 15 what I mean? When he went to Madrid, yeah, exactly. So that's even 16 worse. When he was, I think he was, he was a little over 15 when he went to Madrid, and I think that's he was so young. 16 when he had his debut for them or something. Like and, that. But yeah, so he didn't get to develop yeah. properly. He's not going to get to start that many games when they're fighting for Champions Leagues. They don't have the that a club that stature, especially when he joined, doesn't have the time to develop talent like him necessarily. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it's it's awesome. And he's mentioned in, recently in interviews, he feels like he's found a home in Arsenal. He's found he's been looking for you know this exciting project where he gets to play week in week out on the biggest stages in the premier league biggest league most competitive league for a really big club it's it's awesome to see him really enjoying it and honestly man i think he's i don't want to say a shoe in because there's a couple other tasty candidates but i i would not be surprised at all if he's got the armband next season um just he's got experience being a captain yeah. with his country um he's, he's got a very, lot of experience he's playing very vocal too yeah you see him leading the press you know people seem well, to respect him yeah if did you see the videos they put out from um, last season, like when we didn't have fans in the stadium? You know, yeah, you, yeah. You hear him talking. He's constantly talking to everyone on, you know, all of his players. He's yeah. constantly, you know, hey, over here, lock, lock, move, move, move. Like yeah. he's, you know, he's you yelling some, at people. He's yeah. encouraging. He's doing everything. He's yeah. He's super level headed. Like I, I think that's a good shout for for a captain because it's like, I think. At least it seems like to me, everyone on the team respects him. Because when you're yeah. good and you're talking to people and like that on the field, if you're not good, someone on your team would say, "Hey, shut the fuck up." <laughs> yeah, or just ignore you. Know? you. But he's the, he's the one that people give the ball to when they're under stress. When they're under stress, you know what I mean. When yeah. they're getting pressured, you find Odegaard. He'll he'll keep the ball for you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's great. I fucking love him. He's awesome. I'm so glad I bought his jersey. Like, I I love. I love the player so much. He's like my favorite type of player to watch, especially like you said, man, he's got the technique. If he starts adding goals, look out. He's, he's going to be, you know, one of the best potentially, you know, in the world, best in the league. Like he, he's got that kind of capability. We're seeing that, you know, we're seeing that influence grow. So it's awesome. I feel players like him, soccer really grown into it. Smith row grown into it. Easy to forget. Cause you know, a week goes by or a couple weeks go by since our last game. Um, you know, Martinelli's going to come back in Pepe, you know, coming back in with a little cameo. I think next week, uh, we've got three games in six days or something like that. So we're going to need these bench players like Cedric, how he stepped up. We're going to need Pepe to step up. We're going to need him to play Eddie at times. You know what I mean? Like we're going to need the squad as small as it is right now. We're going to need everybody chip it in, but I agree with you, man. I feel good about our chances. I feel confident in our defense. I'm feeling better and better about you know, this new formation we're kind of settling into 
the roles of Thomas Party. Granite Shaka, not so much, but I, I like the patterns. I like the different pods, areas of the pitch we're trying to play in, you know, and I, I think the goals are going to come. I don't think Lacazette's going to stay this this dry <laughs> the rest of the season. I don't, yeah. you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. dude. I don't know. It's, it is wild how he just continues to not score at least non-penalty goals. I don't know, man. I, I don't think he, he, there's a player in there. He's doing good things. And I think he's going to find his shooting boots. I got just, that's an outside hunch outside opinion. I've got, um, we certainly need him to, but you know, knock on wood that, um, the, the young guns can keep carrying us, but dude, I can't remember, like how how much fun has this season been? I know it's been a few months since we've been podcasting about it, but I've been enjoying the shit out of it. Honestly, there's been so many storylines, so much drama. This club, this team we've got is really likable. These players are really, really likable. It's been fun to just watch a group of players that you like play. You know yeah, what I mean? Um, for sure. It's been it's been really cool. It's been fun to you know finish a match week, finish a match, watch another team play, and go check the table again. Like because that hasn't really been relevant for us. You know we've been a cup team recently, if that. You know so it, it's it's been a really good season. It's been a fun season. Hopefully, hopefully it'll end well. Hell yeah, hell yeah, brother. All right, well, hey, dude, fun to be back. Um, we back, bitches. We back. Um, we got wolves on Thursday. Um, probably day after this this pod Which makes it out. Is honestly annoying. I'm so annoyed. We have to play them so soon. I know, Ugh. dude. There's this one could be spicy though, as with all the stupid drama that happened at the end of the last game. First off, bullshit. Martinelli red card, absolute bullshit. Yeah. Um, second off, them like giving us all this stick for like celebrating too much. It's like no, we're in a top four race, and we won down to ten men for the last twenty five minutes of the game. Yeah, but like, but also off. it's like who cares? A w- you celebrate a win. Yeah, you know. celebration police where did that come from you know like why is that a thing so i i think this has got this has got the making it's not it's like i probably turn into some sort of big rivalry but it's got the makings of a pretty i don't know pretty heated game um but they're coming to the emirates this time and uh our fans that's another thing to mention this season our fans have been awesome um they've been loud they've been singing but uh yeah i know we have to play them again so soon but i'm also kind of excited it'll be a little bit spicy i got the day off work i'm gonna get a couple pints watch the game it'll be uh I am. I, I will say this though: when we played them at the Molyneux, they didn't have Matinho, and he is a oh, yeah. cunty little bastard. He's so annoyingly good because he's old, and you just keep waiting for like his hip to pop out of socket or something when he falls over. <laughs> but he keeps like playing well. I, he's I got a lot of respect for him. He he's a bastard, but just like the way he plays. He's just yeah. got that old wise. But that's what I'm saying. It's like shit about him. I just feel like they didn't have that extra little bit of guile and composure. Midfield. Yeah, you know what I mean. Ruben Neves was getting a little wild. He was, you know, putting all kinds of crazy passes in. Dude, I want to buy him. Um, hey, oh, that's a that's probably a discussion for a different pod. Um, mm. Tim, buddy, you want to leave it there? Yes, I gotta take a shit. <laughs> All right, we're gonna let Tim go take a dump. Dump. Uh, don't close your window though. Let me uh, download the uh, the the sound waves, my boy. Um, but yeah, guys, excited to be back. Um, happy to make another pod. We'll get this out as soon as possible, and we'll talk to y'all maybe Friday. Maybe we'll do a big uh, big double header pod um, next Monday after this Wolves game and after the game of the weekend. Uh, but yeah, happy to be back. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Saka, and we go into the box, Saka, Smith-Rowe here, 
Smith Row again, and Barry Ann Sacker, and Nicole Gold Gold.